Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. What's up, and welcome to Social Jello with Angelo. Today we're doing a panel. We're going to talk about belt systems. What are they around for? What's their purpose? Should we even have them? What's going on? I'm here with Rob from Combat Self Defense and John Hackleman, the pitmaster, coming out of California. What's up, man? Thanks for coming on the show. Howdy. Thanks for having us. So yeah, thanks for having us, man. Ah, no problem. No problem. I'm here online. <laughs> it's what I do. So the whole topic about belt systems has come up because I uh, posted a video of promoting one of my yellow belts. Uh, I had a guy going from white to yellow. A uh, cliff note story, the guy it comes from a karate background. He's already got a black belt. He's starting over again in Kajukembo. And he got his yellow belt. And I didn't mention it in the post, but uh, he, he fought cancer. He's older. He's like in his 50s. And um, he wanted, after part of his rehab from coming back from chemo and getting his hair back was doing Kajikembo. He read about it. Uh, he used his smartphone because he can't speak English, picked up John Bishop's Kajikembo book, started reading it with his cell phone. And then he found my school and came in. And um, this guy's got a lot of heart. And I, I'm really proud of his journey, watching him start again and duke it out with younger guys. So I, anyway, I posted I posted a, a yellow belt promotion on the Kajikembo uh, training page, I think it was. And then everyone overwhelmingly was very supportive. And I'm not talking shit about that. And I'm not even going to talk shit about, I'm not even going to mention the names of the people that said what they said. But I am going to say that a few people- Don Hoylo. Mickey <laughs> <laughs> <Nikki> Lopez. <laughs> Definitely not those guys. But I am going to, I am going to mention- that some people jumped on and were wonder not wondering that some people jumped on and said that Kajikembo never had colored belts or they never had yellow belts and another person jumped on and felt that uh there shouldn't be a colored belt system it should just go from white to blue to brown to black um so it kind of brought up this idea hey, those of, are uh, colors systems. yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's true very true he's right he's right they are colors it's not it's not white straight to black but anyway there was this there's this like this thing about this question about the current rank system wasn't the original hawaiian one guy said the hawaiian system and he did it a long time ago which is why i wanted hackleman on because he's coming from hawaii so before we even get started some history john what's up what was the belt system like in Hawaii, yeah, because I, I don't know. I've heard stories, but from your experiences, well, what was the best? I mean, it wasn't a, uh, it's a, it's a system that was created in Hawaii, but it was actually, it was actually the pieces of that puzzle all had traditional belt systems in it, except for maybe the boxing. So every other system in there, they had, you know, karate, they had, uh, they had the judo jujitsu, they had, uh, a couple of different kinds of karate, but it had a belt system. I maybe, you know, and then when he said it, the colored system, it should just have, and he named like three or four different colors. So it was a little confusing already, but uh, what I remember was, um, I think it was, I'm almost positive. Um, it was white. I remember, I remember blue came after purple and I remember it was reversed. You know, now in jujitsu, it's blue, then purple. But I remember it was purple, then blue, then green, then brown, then black. So I remember, I remember those colors. Uh, I'd be willing to bet a lot of money on those colors. Who's that? Who's that little guy in the background? That's uh, my girlfriend's uh, son. Hey, what are you doing back there, buddy? Anyway. <laughs> He's practicing his punches. He's, we worked on punching earlier. He's always excited about it. Uh, um, so yeah, that's, I remember, I remember white, I think the first belt was purple, then blue, then green, brown, black. Okay. But there so was a belt system. There was Very a belt clear. System. So purple. Yeah. Okay. One more time. Purple, 
Blue, blue green, green, brown, black. Brown, black. Okay. So there was a there was a belt system. And the guy yes. from the the without specifying who it was, one of the guys <laughs> that was on there mentioned that. He said there was no yellow, there was yeah. no orange. Um and I think it was similar to what he said. So like I think I know that that's where that comment's coming from. And then the other person was- Yeah, but they turn their own milk too. So should we do that too? <laughs> well, what does it matter back fucking then? They used to have to crank their cars. <laughs> but I mean, why is this make any sense? That actually makes absolutely no sense. But to, anyway, okay. To me, it was- <laughs> yeah. to, I mean- and again, I, I'm trying to be, uh, I, I'm trying to, to talk about it objectively here, just to see what You're I, trying to be nice and, and not say uh, how John, stupid this guy is. Okay. Hackleman and I are not about being nice, though. Like, it's not our show. We can say whatever we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If somebody's stupid, they're stupid. I mean, if they're going to act stupid, then you got to call them on it because he's acting stupid. I mean, yeah, it makes no, let's not have colors, only purple and blue and green. And those are colors. Yeah. So, so we had those colors. Yeah. So like what the actually the way I responded was I, I sent him a uh, from the Wikipedia page. A middle finger. <laughs> a, giant, a, giant, <laughs> a giant middle finger. No. Um, from the Wikipedia page, if, if you look up Kajikambo on the on the Wikipedia page, right? And um, it'll show you a, a, a quick example of the rank system that I use. So like, here, let's just take a look at it real quick. Share screen, share, make sure there's no, no, all my porn windows are closed. Okay, good. All right, so <laughs> um, yeah, so you can see the traditional belt colors here. There was that they have on their, on their, on the Wikipedia page. I, I didn't create this page. So white, yellow, orange, purple, blue, green, brown, black. And they, and they also mentioned that each school does things differently. Um, yeah, purple, blue, huh? yeah yeah so like again, and it might have i mean to be honest this was like 1970 so and i was nine and ten nine or ten so there if there was a yellow and orange belt and somebody showed me a picture of me with that then i'd believe it but the <laughs> first the first i remember is i remember getting my purple and then I, I couldn't wait to get my blue there might have been a blue and orange when i was like Nine years old. Now that I'm 62, I don't know. I don't remember that. So that could have been that could have been it right there. But I remember white, purple, blue, green, brown, black. And then for me, same deal. Like I stayed a white belt forever. Kept missing promotions because I kept going to work. So he'd always have promotions on Saturdays, and I was always working weekends. So I, I held on to a white belt for years and went from white to purple. And my instructor did that to a lot of people. A lot of people who didn't have time the test so a lot of people went from white to purple and i honestly didn't know yellow and orange existed and i had to look this up when i started running my own program because i was like wait a second wait a second what, what's the order and I, I was always asking my instructor what's the order of the colors because i forgot because i spent i went from white to purple and then earned my blue green and brown so it was really easy to forget these two first ranks um we have 16 colors now <laughs> 16 colors you do yeah, yeah. What color? What colors? Are, what? What do you? What colors? There, are you, it, it's like. What, what colors are you using, homie? <laughs> we, we like, we're we're um we're doing um we have a lot of uh like with a black stripe in the middle. We have camo, um. So we start mixing it that way because I like promoting a lot, and um, it still takes them X amount of time to get from white to black, um. But I think people like to see progress they like to see belt belt ceremonies are a great um function for the gym it's one of the it's, it's i mean it's it's tear jerking a lot of the uh, promotions because people talk i talk people you see they see their kids doing we do little uh little like exhibitions and there's you know a few hundred people in there and i don't know it's a big deal for me we have uh you know we we didn't have the um those big ceremonies, but uh, in uh, you know with Godin's and in Kaji Campo, there was a lot of things we did together, like black belt ceremonies we did, and we did work workouts together. We'd get together and work on the weekends. We had uh, like Christmas parties and stuff. So there was a lot of Ohana type stuff, family stuff. Um, so we I try to keep that in the 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 culture of our gym, 
and I want I want there to be more more belt ceremonies and more promotions, and it just people don't want to wait a year, two years in between, um, and so I do frequent belt testing. I know jujitsu only has a few belts, but um, I think a big reason that is is because they like to sandbag in, in tournaments, so they want to enter the the like blue belt tournament, a uh, blue belt. Uh, um division and they've been training for four years but they're considered a blue belt so that that way they won a tournament you know and then then they'll wait then they'll finally get the purple and then they get to compete in that one for a long time so you know i think that has a big part to do with it and now with kids who want to promote more you know they try to keep it real but they do a lot of stripes you know like uh tip you know striping for their belt so i mean that's that's their way to get around it. I do lines in my belt and we do a lot of camos and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's the same thing, but they think you're, well, you're a blue belt forever, but you have like 18 stripes on it. So they are promoting uh, it just a different way. So um, we, I do, I like to promote a lot, you know, it still takes a while to get to their black, but in the meantime, it doesn't really matter to me what they are in between the the main belt is you're either a white belt or a black belt or you're a brown black brown black is the first belt where they'll um that's like the the that's the gate right there that's the gauntlet so i don't mind if they slide through most belts uh because they're not their black belt yet people don't join and say well i got my you know green black stripe at the pit you know or they they're going for their black belt so um the brown black is where everything stops and they have to show proficiency and the conditioning has to be black belt level or they're not going to get their black but the, the, sometimes they slide through the cracks from from all the other belts and i'm fine with that you know it does it to me it doesn't i don't think our nobody ever says like even joe rogan he's not gonna say yeah the pit they're a black belt factory they just give out their belts everyone knows that we have a tough curriculum. Everyone knows that we have a lot of high level uh, belts. Nobody thinks I give out black belts, but I don't mind giving the other belts quickly, you know, because to me, it makes people happy and they're, they're in line. They still want to, you know, they want to stay motivated to go for their black. So the brown black, once you're brown black though, you have to show me everything I need to see before I consider you as a black belt. So people can get their black belt, their belts, every three to six months. But once they get the brown black, they're not going anywhere. I don't care if it's years until they show me all the, all the, uh, the stuff that they have to show me to get their black. That's, that's, that's kinda, how I do it. I think we talked about this once on a show before, the, the idea of a sergeant of arms. Back in the day, they had the sergeant of arms. And pretty much that was like, it was, it was a brown belt. But really, now you're kind of going from brown belt to all the responsibilities you're going to have as an instructor when you get that black belt. Because as you know, in Kajakembo, it's not just the idea of fighting, but the idea of, of being able to, to help the, the head and coach, head instructor run the class. So there was like this apprenticeship thing happening where you have to set the example, not be able to keep up, but also be able to teach, which is always happening, but it's really emphasized. In your case, brown, black. In my school, it was brown belt. People would be held because the responsibility of the brown belt was that. So my instructor would hold people right there before brown because he knew that responsibility was coming. And if they got the brown, he felt they were ready. And then same thing. You could hold on to the brown belt for years and never get black if you didn't show that you really wanted it. And so the Sergeant of Arms had to guard during the prayer. Yeah, exactly. So, Rob you run things very differently we've had conversations about this before off the show um you're dealing more with your guys doing a lot of kickboxing and muay thai and you're trying to figure out well how am i going to make guys wear belts with muay thai shorts what did uh what did you do how how does your system work how, how are you getting around this do you like belt systems color systems or do you just say screw it just come in with your rash your tap out rash guard and just work out don't do tap out rash guards if you come into my gym with a tap out rash guard i just point to the door and i'm like listen the 10th planet is that way go over there you're their problem um but i got my like i got my muay thai training initially from bang muay thai 
uh, Dwayne Ludwig system, and he does the ranked shirts because he trains for, you know, it's a kickboxing style. So he does t-shirt and shorts. He likes the belts. He came from a Kyokushin background. So he does white shirt, yellow, orange, blue, purple. He's basically a jiu-jitsu system, but with shirts instead of belts. And I was like, I actually like that a lot because like John was just saying, people like belts. People like rank. I'm a huge fan of the ascension of the ladder of training. I also really like the gi. I like the belt, but I recognize that for what I'm trying to do, the gi is less helpful than it is, you know, just a sign of, of respect to the old ways. That being said, we do train in the gi um, for, you know, jacket training, for cold weather training. We do use one, um, but the general uniform, if you can say we have one, is just t-shirt and MMA shorts. So my belt system in combat self-defense is a white shirt to begin with, with a black bar, which is like your probationary shirt. You're going to wear that for six to eight weeks until you tell me, until I'm pretty sure you're going to stay with the system for at least a year. You know, first six to eight weeks, I spend 20 bucks on you. You get a t-shirt and maybe you drop out. Fine, whatever. Within six to eight weeks, you're going to get your green shirt. And at this point, it's, I know that you're going to stick, stick around for a while. I'm willing to devote time to your training. I'm willing to give you some of my effort and my secrets, you know, my secret dark arts. But you're going to cook at the green shirt for about a year, maybe, um, maybe two years, depending on how much you come to training, right? At that point, you move on to a blue shirt, which could again be another year, two years, then purple, then red, and then finally black. So we don't have a lot of ranks. Um, I'm trying to figure out if I could do more ways to recognize in between. You know, I, I do know it's a long time for people to sit at a rank. Um, my guys tend to not care about it right now. But what I'm learning is that just because your current group doesn't like a thing, doesn't mean the group will never care about a thing, you know? Um, so I want to have something to keep them motivated. Um, and I'm thinking maybe that'll be some form of like recognized gear. My instructor, when I was doing Kajukembo, would do patches. I'm not necessarily like, you know, NASCAR patches, but school patches. He would do, you get your belt, cool. You're not quite ready for the next belt, but here's a, here's a Kajukembo patch for the back of your gi, for the sleeve, for the heart. You know, he would do stuff like that. And then on top of that, stripes. So it was a way to recognize you're dedicated, you're helping each other, and you're progressing. Those are the three tenets I actually have for promoting someone to the next rank. It's not, it's not so much only that you're getting better at fighting and physical conditioning. How often are you showing up? How loyal are you to the gym? Are you able to help out other people? Are you able to replicate what we're doing here without me telling you what to do? And are you happily teaching it to other people? Um, the passing on of knowledge, I think it's probably the most important part to me. If I see people that are really, really good at fighting, but are really selfish about helping other people train, then I'm like, I'm sorry, you're not, you're, you're good. You're welcome to train here as long as you want, but I'm not going to give you the next rank just because you're good at punching and doing burpees. You know, you got to be part of the community. So I may or may not add like in between ranks. Um, I also do want to promote my students with a belt, like give them a form, a, you know, a symbolizing belt um, with their name on it but they're not required to wear it at all. And this goes back to what I said earlier about how on the Wikipedia page I mentioned, each school can pretty much do their own thing, which is why going to the beginning of this conversation when, when some people were jumping on saying, you know, there is, what are you doing? There is no yellow belt. There never was whatever. Um, again, in the, like I was told the same thing. Yeah, once you get, once you've gone through it, get your instructor certificate you can run your school how you want i mean if you go if you get really astray maybe you can ask your instructor for his blessing to do something radically different like i want everyone to wear colored hats <laughs> i don't know but if you were going to say you're going to do something really something out there you could ask your instructor for the blessing and still do something really radical like completely get rid of a belt system completely and just have them wear regular t-shirts and just say that they're a black belt and give them a certificate there's no rule. I mean, is there a rule? John, have you heard of some rule? Were you given some sort of thou shall not change uh, <laughs> your system? Uh, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think some guys, uh, they have, uh, they think they're, you know, being loyal to some unknown God of their instructors, 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 instructor. And, and then maybe they think they're being, you know, old school and hardcore and stuff, but I mean, to me, it's just, it's just stupid. I mean, it really is. I mean, 
I just think it has to be you. It has to fit you and your gym and the gym's culture. And it, I mean, you're not like doing something stupid, you know, like just to completely out there, you know, like uh, promoting a four-year-old to black belt after a week or something. I mean, well, I got my. I think you still kind of standard. <laughs> that you don't even know how I tell some of my black belts how they have to what they have to do to get their black belt. It's not even funny. I should be in jail for some of the things I've done. Let's <laughs> say guys. some of this shit illegal. Um, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> so I tell my guys, they know, they know, they know that, and then they'll. Um, I think a, a big part is mine is I want to keep it so hard on our training that you know I'm not gonna keep harping on brag on it, but this is one of my bragging points. Joe Rogan is gonna talk about how tough our gym is, or something like that. Something where you keep it up, or I have. You know, good fighters, great UFC champions, and then cops who say some techniques they use help save their life in a situation, you know. So I want to keep it, I want to keep it up there, um, but I don't want to keep a lot of it up there, like the sparring and like the 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 ways we used to, like Godin used to do. I mean, Kaja Kemble wasn't full of nice guys, and Godin definitely wasn't. Um, so there's a lot of stuff um, I want to do away with. But I want to keep the hard, hard part up here. So since I took away the beatings, I mean, just the flat out beatings where it just it would there's no way I'd have more than, you know, 10 students now. Um, but I, I still wanted that tough. So that's when I started in, including the conditioning to the highest level. Like they come up now, my black belt uh, prospects now have to come up Saturday, every Saturday. Uh, and do some kind of crazy workout I did. I, sh I you know, I, that I give them in a certain amount of time and they're dead. I mean, they, when they're done, they cross the finish line or whatever. They're just on the ground, just panting. And I know how hard it is on them. So I take away some of the beatings that, that they used to get. And I add in some of the incredibly hard, painful, I mean, it's painful uh, conditioning stuff. And I, I kind of meet somewhere and I have, so I still stays up here. Like the conditioning used to be like, I'm just going to use a stupid, uh, just a random example. The conditioning used to be like 10%. I mean, they have to do blackjack, they do this, this, and this, but the 90% of it was just hardcore sparring, bleeding, broken nose, cuts, broken ribs. I mean, just stuff that has no place, didn't make them tougher made them more brutal, tougher reputation, but didn't make the individual any tougher. It just made them more beat up. So that was like 90%. Now it's it's probably switched. And the conditioning is probably 90%. The sparring and being tough is 10%, but there's still 100%. So there, when you, you add the two, I still get 100%. And I still feel like I, I've, uh, I'm not selling out but I'm not causing, you know, frequent brain damage. So I feel like, I feel like I'm right there where I should be. I feel like Godin would be really proud of me. Um, and, and I think I'm creating great students. So at the end of the day, I'm great. I think belts should be, you know, I know Muay Thai or not Muay Thai, uh, Thai guys have done everything from little straps on their arms, different colors to shirts. And then some guys, do the different shorts. Um, I, to me, it's the belt. I mean, it just, that's what feels the best to put the belt on. People like the belt. It's been around the longest. And you don't have to keep it on. They could get a belt and maybe train with their karate pants or their martial arts pants and then a t-shirt, you know, once a week. Or maybe they could do their shorts. I've seen people train with shorts and a belt, you know. And that way, I know, shirt, to me, t-shirts, I mean, how many t-shirts because they're going to go through one a day and the guys that train four or five times a week and i don't know i don't, I don't know i mean that could be one way but but I, I think belts i just like the belt i don't know yeah i'm a belt I, 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 well, I remember oh, john you and i had a had a conversation a couple months ago when i was developing the curriculum for combat self-defense and you were like the t-shirt is fine but like you said if someone's training three or four or five times a week they're going to go through that very quickly. And that's when I was like, all right, I don't want them training in the belt because I think that's kind of dumb looking if we're doing t-shirt and shorts, sure. but I do want them. I want them to have the belt. 
Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? If we're going to do it, I'm going to make it worth it. So every rank, I'm going to give them a belt with their name monogrammed on it. If I'm only going to do this once every two years for people, I'm going to make it worth it. And then I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, because like, I don't tell anybody I'm a black shirt in whatever. I say I'm a black belt in Kajukembo. And I will tell you this, every woman I've ever talked to, my girlfriend now, I sit down, I was like, I'm a black belt in Kajukembo. She's like, oh, really? And if I sat down, I was like, I'm a black belt, a black shirt. She'd be like, I don't, I have a black shirt on now. Who cares? You know, there is something about the belt. Like if you tell someone you, if you tell someone you are a black belt, they just, they light up. They know what that means. Black shirt, you know, black shorts, what armband. They're like, I don't know what that means. You know, there is something to it. And that's why I was like, I'm going to make it worth it. They don't have to wear it. They can wear it if they want to, but I want, I want them to have the rack, you know? Everyone loves the rack of all your belts lined up, put it on your wall. When the girl comes over, she's like, oh, yeah. And then immediately. Nice rack. (laughs) Yeah. But your girlfriend, how long you guys been together? Uh, Not that long. Less than a year. Because you're still still bringing that black belt. I mean, every time you say I'm a black belt, does she get excited? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Oh yeah, it's like I just wear it around the house. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's the kind of girl I want. I want a girl like that. I know all opinions. We are both very jealous right now, Ralph. Yeah. I was like, you want to see my rack? And she's like, oh yeah. I just tell my wife I'm a black belt. She goes, shut the fuck up, and I can't. It doesn't even get anywhere with her anymore. <laughs> but anyway congratulations on that i hope it works man but anyway so i you know the belt i think the belt uh i told you who i was debating this i'm uh, not debating but talking with it was uh randy couture and randy couture has all the i mean he has so many credentials you know um who is randy you know, all, yeah uh, <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah but i mean if you know his credentials they're crazy but he he thought the belt thing was just, you know, and uh, you shouldn't have to have a belt. It's, you know, a waste of time. You can't fight a belt. Yeah, he had all that stuff. And I was like, the same thing is true for, for a degree. I mean, you know, that's the same thing. It's like just a lot of extra classes, this and that. But when someone comes into your office, you're a doctor, a lawyer, some, they want to see you have a degree, not just saying, well, I have a, you know, a lot of time studying. I studied a lot. You know, so the degree I see, I, I put my black belts like a, um, I think it's like a law degree. So when I can, when like when my guys are in class and they try to make excuses, I try to sit, pretend you're in law in law school. It's not quite medical school because medical school, medical school is like fucking 15, 20 years of, of and 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 a regular uh, bachelor's. I mean, you can get that just brain dead and you can get it or you can get a master's without with just extra time and money but to get your law degree that's why you have to study a little more it's a little longer you have a pretty hard test you know the bar so i can i i consider my black belt the pit black belt with a law degree so when people got to miss what do you gotta miss well i'm going to my cousin my cousin's friend's wedding and this is during you know belt testing time so it's like i said do you think if you were in law school and you had finals, you could miss for going to your cousin's friend's wedding? And if you could, I mean, then, I mean, I might think about it, but that's what I want you to think about as my students. That's what I want them to think about. Um, so I, that's, that's where I put it. And, you know, I think it's important to have that belt. And I think people strive for each level. Obviously, I got adults like fighting over, fucking between their green belt or the green camel green and then all of a sudden they're no 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 i want to get that camel green they're like well get it next time so you can get it in another three months no i didn't miss that day because we have a, a a board on the wall you know if people are absent or or you know if they attended and they get all bent out of shape forget parents parents go nuts over their kids belts but even these adults are like, there's like the difference between a white or green or camel green, and they're ready to fucking throw down and shit. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of funny. The belt means a lot; it really does. And I don't I don't see a downside on a belt unless you give it too easy. Yeah, and then it doesn't mean anything. And then 
like like Rob was saying, I um I have a belt. I have that belt system. As far as a uniform, because of being in Japan and having people coming from all kinds of backgrounds, the only rule I have is please don't wear a white gi because I don't mm. want anybody coming in confusing this for Japanese karate because I'm in Japan. Mm. This is a specific problem. I've had it before where I had someone come in from, I had a parent come in and her brother was some Kyukushin champion and he came in and saw, he didn't come in. She came in and saw me and I was wearing my black gi. I wasn't even wearing a white gi. And then he was like, there's no black gis in karate. That's not real karate and talked a bunch of shit. And my response was, we'll tell him to come in and we can spar and we'll settle it. Like that's, that's, that's my, that was my Your response. response was violence. I like that. Yeah, that, that, that's my response. That's just how, I, that was my response. If he wants to come in and tell me that to my face and then we can have a discussion and we can spar and we'll talk it out. And then he can decide whether it's not karate, but I'm telling you, it's not Japanese karate. I'm telling you that honestly. And he never showed up too bad for him, for me really. Cause I, I really wanted to talk to him about that but um that's why i made that rule you know i don't want people out here culturally to think this is japanese karate i do tell my students please if you can get the black gi i personally like it but i don't enforce it again because i don't want people thinking it's karate because i don't want them going i don't have to have that discussion i've felt for me it's been easier to just say it's an american martial art and that's it that way they don't come in with any preconceptions of anything so with that my students will wear black geese the ones that really love the program will get black geese um the ones that aren't really sure what's going on will wear whatever they want to go after because they want to be kickboxers or whatever so they'll wear the mutai shorts or mma shorts or bottom gi pants they'll wear their gi pants with a regular shirt and their belt over it so i don't have a rule and um and i still use the belt system some days we train we train with belts on if there's a more of a formal classes Tuesdays and Sundays on the other days it's not formal class I won't enforce it sometimes we won't wear belts depending on how much they're training and what we're doing that day now I want to touch on a point real quick that John quickly mentioned earlier in the show about the Brazilian system and the reason I have to bring it up is because one of the guys here's a sharing the screen here um, one of the guys mentioned that uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, uses the stripes and I mentioned that I heard a podcast that said that originally they didn't even use the stripes. And then he said, I don't know where you heard that from. I'm going to talk to what Marcelo Gracie is a friend of mine and he's, I'm going to ask him about it. He never got back to me on it, but either way, I did find this online. Um, it's coming from belt progressions of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, the website is for, it's from a blog, wadify.com. Either way, it says the original belt system was derived from Kodokan judo and only has three simple colors, white, brown, or black. The Gracie siblings created an official ranking system in 1952, and the intention of the system was to for students who eventually wanted to become instructors. So the 1960s brought the invention of the black belt with stripes. Only instructors would receive a black belt with red stripes, whereas students would receive a black belt with a white stripe. So again, a long time ago, there was only three ranks. And the and I can't find the podcast that I heard with uh, from Stefan Kesting. Uh, strenuous life podcast i can't remember which one it was because i listened to so many of his podcasts he had a guest on there mentioned that he came from a long it was like he's been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu for like over 30 years and he originally he doesn't remember using tape like the whole white stripe thing they kind of adopted that to motivate their students from his school whatever school that guy came from they weren't using the tape and that later they brought that in because they saw how successful it was in taekwondo to motivate students and to keep them engaged. And then later when they brought in more belts, they, he was like around for that transitional period. So I just wanna bring attention to that. Going back to what you said earlier, that more stripes, colors is just motivation for the students. It's just, you, if, you, if you quote unquote sandbag, keep someone in one position for a very long time and don't give them the next rank, it's not really about the rank. It's about kind of giving them a small goal to aim for. And it keeps them motivated in the training, in my personal opinion. Now, with all of that being said, what do you guys think about the idea of no rank system, no belt system, like the way some of the JKD schools do it? They're missing out. They're missing out or something they could use. I mean, 
a bell, I mean, a bell, a bell test is, is, is a great uh, builder for your gym. It builds, uh, you know, camaraderie and, and, and you see, you know, it builds confidence. So, I mean, it builds every belt cycle, builds something, um, you know, so, you know, then they get a belt and now for, as an instructor, now you have, uh, it's, it's a way to market your gym because family members are coming in to watch people promote. And next thing you know, they're coming in. Um, it's a moneymaker. You charge for the belt ceremonies. People don't mind, you know, paying, I mean, uh, for, for a belt ceremony. So it's, it's one of the, it's one of the moneymakers throughout our, you know, quarter where we count on, um, and, and it's, it's a win-win because like some things you ask for money for stuff, um, you know, they might you know, not like that, but, um, to get a belt or get one of their kids is going to get a belt. They don't usually argue, you know, there's like, it's money, it's, it's money well spent to them, you know, just like, you know, just like we'll pay for training. You know, I pay for a training session or something. It's money well spent, you know, so it's, they think that way for belt too. And I think it is too. It's a win, win, win. I mean, there's, there's no real downside to, to belts, to getting more belts or belts, you know, and, and, but there's a lot of downsides to no belts or to not enough belts. So I don't know. I'm talking, talking out of it. I just, I haven't yet since 1970. How about you, Rob? What are your your thoughts? I, I will say, there was a period in my life when I was very turned off to the belt system um, because the schools that I was hanging out at were very much McDojo's. You know, it was pay your $1,000 down and I will get you a black belt in two years. You know, I came from a gym where the, the owner is still doing that, you know, but it doesn't matter what style you study. Kajukenbo, Kyokushin, Taekwondo, Jeet Kune Do, Taiji Kwan, whatever there is a hierarchy. There's a group of people that you know are the newbies. There's a group of people that you know are not good at this. And there's a group of people that are good at it and are good at teaching it. And it doesn't matter if you use a belt or not, you will divide the class based on that, right? There's advanced people, intermediate people, and beginner people. And now as a very mature and enlightened martial artist on the path of of wisdom, I realize what is the harm in having any kind of rank structure? You know, like belts are what I default to because I really, really do like that style. I like, I like the idea of going from, you know, 10th Q all the way to, to Shodan. I like that idea. It's, it's structured. It makes sense. But okay, whatever. You decide you want to do first rank, second rank, third rank, and that means different colored hats. Fine. That's how you want to do. What is the harm in doing it? It delineates the class very easily. It shows you who is brand new, who's intermediate, who wants to be an instructor, who a fighter is. You know, I, it's going to happen anyway. Everything devolves into clicks. Doesn't matter what style you, you study, right? You might as well have some kind of recognition of a student's progression and their ability. It's a nice thing for everybody. It helps me as the instructor know, like, that guy can help me demonstrate techniques. This girl over here, she's very fast. She's going to be a badass fighter. I probably don't want her fighting in like the, the very novice division, right? It doesn't hurt. It can only help if you're honest about what you're using it for. Now, if you're using a rank system just to, to make yourself seem more important or you make your black belt more important, which I've seen, you know, like you divide the class and you only teach them. Like I went to a martial arts school back in the day where I was literally not allowed to talk to the sensei. I was chastised if I talked to him. I had to talk to the senpais. And if if I had a question, if they couldn't answer it, then I could go to the sensei, but only they could walk me over to him. That's a little overboard, okay? We can all agree that's too far. But having a system where the advanced people are clearly marked and you know that they're marked, they can go, any white belt, any new person can go to be like, hey, Mr. Brown Belt, can you help me? Mr. Red Belt, can you help me? You know, it, it's only helpful because it makes very clear markings of where people are at in their training. And as long as you're honest about it, as long as you're not just selling belts, you know, I think the, the one thing that we're talking about in this podcast is, is the benefit of the black belt, right? The benefit of saying, 
this is the person that's the instructor or the fighter or whatever, but also like having a progression of whatever colors you want, white to yellow, to blue, to brown, whatever. I know that the brown belt can probably help me out more than the blue belt can, you know? So I've really come around to it a lot more. Um, I just think it's about being honest about why you're using the rank system. If you're just using it to extort money from people, all right, you're kind of a piece of shit, but you probably shouldn't be teaching martial arts anyway if you're just doing it for a money-making scheme because I don't make a lot of money, you know? This is not about, it's not about that. It's about passion. And, and keeping people safe at the end of the day too, right? Like that's the, that's the other reason I turned around so much on belts that I felt like people who were just selling black belts, brown belts, whatever, were making people feel like they were good at fighting, good at self-defense, when really you were just good at signing checks. That's where Kata comes in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things I wanted to mention, and the reason, another thing I was thinking about, and I, I mentioned this um, to Rob once off show about how, when I first came to Japan, I joined an MMA club and the mess of not having a ranking system. See, I walked in, I, I, I still, I love, I love these guys. I still cross train with them. But one of the biggest issues that they had when I walked in was you didn't know who was who. Everyone was, everyone was in pretty good shape. Everyone was wearing rash guards. Everyone was wearing MMA shorts. All right, cool. So I'd step into spar with someone and I just kind of have to, in the first few seconds, sum up how hard I, how hard or how not hard, what their experience is. I have no clue. So I try to have like a quick, and when I first got there, I can't speak Japanese. So guess what? Now I'm like, okay, let's see. And um, as things get started, I realize after the first hit or after the first sidekick or first hit, the guy gets really scared. And I realize, oh, this person probably has less than a year's experience. Apologize, take it down a notch. Next person comes in, bam. Okay, this person is probably already is all probably already a pro, but they're not talking about it. And then as I stayed there a little longer and I learned more Japanese, I noticed I was a, I was fine, but I did notice a high turnover of beginners going through the same process. Beginners would come in, and they see everyone wearing rash guards, so they'd come in looking like they looked apart and Japanese people are in pretty good shape. So everyone comes in pretty good shape. We're in a rash guard and you don't know whether this person is a pro fighter or it's their first day. And I saw a lot of people getting knocked out. A lot of people getting knocked out unnecessarily because the person coming in has no idea what their experience is. And now everyone's kind of on edge, not knowing what's going on, not to mention a lot of bad leadership all around. So eventually the head chairman asked me what do you think we should do about this problem we're having with a high turnover rate with the new with the new with the newbies and like well first of all you got to let everyone know they're new you can't just let someone walk in through the door and start going up against your guy who's got a fight coming up you gotta and if the guy who's got a fight coming up knows they're new you gotta have a conversation about not fucking up the people who are coming in because if you want to retain students this is definitely not the way to do it. So I'm just wondering, I saw this happening and I helped them clean up that problem by telling the chairman that, and then when new people would come, they just wear regular t-shirts. So I'll tell them to wear regular clothes, at least. Tell the new people, wear regular clothes, wear like a regular exercise t-shirt, do not wear a rash guard. And if you do decide to wear a rash guard, put a t-shirt over it, just so that we know that you're new. So everyone else knows you're new. Um, have you seen, I mean, you've, you've been around MMA schools, both of you. Have you seen this kind of an issue? Um, what are your experiences with that? So I'll start with I don't think, uh, I don't think, uh, see, MMA is not a martial art. So it would be like, I mean, how do you know if you go into walk into a wrestling room? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or how do you know if you walk into a, a boxing a gym? How do you know who's, there's no, I mean, <laughs> I don't think MMA should be belted or anything should be differentiated in their MMA room, that's that's a sport only. I mean, to me, MMA has nothing to do um, with the martial arts um, uh, culture that way. I think it is a mixture of different martial arts turned into a sport. I mean, I don't know, like football, you don't know the guy tackle you real hard. How do you know he's, maybe the other guy's slower? Should they wear different stuff? I don't know, I mean, 
to me, it's a sport and it's treated like a sport. And when people treat MMA like a martial art, I feel like uh, then maybe they should name it something else like Kajakempo. Um, but um, it's just, it's not a sport at all. So I, you know, like my guys, cause there should be a coach there. If it's an MMA gym, it should be a coach who puts the people together, who partners up the people to, to, to drill, spar, et cetera. But I mean, there's not, I mean, it would be like walking to a football camp and expecting each football player to, to have a different belt or a different color. I don't think there should be any differentiation in, in MMA because MMA is a sport. So I, I don't see the, that, um, that similarity between martial arts like uh but yeah so i think that's all on the coach and and just the culture of the gym like i'm sure when they go into jackson's you know these guys go in this beginner class intermediate class and then by then all the coaches know who's who who's to spar with who who's to drill with who and i you know there's no there's no different you know nothing they're wearing different it's just you know that's a sport so i don't i don't I don't usually combine those two, even though all of my fighters have to be in my Hawaiian Kempo program. Um, so they get belts in the Hawaiian Kempo, but it has nothing to do with the fight team training that they train with whatever they want, you know, on. So that's how I feel about that. Just a sport, you know. Rob? I think I agree with that. I mean, if you go to do like a pickup basketball game once a week at your local, you know, rec center, you're not going to know if somebody played played pro in Latveria, you know, like he might just be better than you are at basketball. It's a sport. Sometimes people are better than you. That being said, I do think there, the responsibility then falls on the coach, the instructor, Sifu, Senpai, whatever you want to call him, right? Like it falls on him or her to say, hey, Angelo, this guy is brand fucking new. Be nice to him, you know, or at least, you know, be aware that they're brand new. It's you have to do your job. Like ever, we're always looking for the shortcut, right? And that's what that's what I've noticed with all coaches, all instructors. They're always looking for the automation process. How do I how do I walk in, tie a belt around your waist, whatever, and then you just take the class. I don't have to do anything. But there is an element of having to be on top of it and talk to each and every new person, as well as each and every experienced person, saying, "This is where he's at. Take care of him. If he gets out of hand, don't get mad." let me know. That's the job, right? The job is to be patrolling the floor and making sure people are doing what they're supposed to do. So I'm, I'm with, I'm with John in that, like you, you can't really rank MMA because it is a sport, but at the same time, you got to be a good, good enough coach to be on top of that, on top of the floor. If you don't control the floor, what are you doing? You know, if there is people getting, there's there's that. And then there's, the guys, the guys have to be decent people um, right. as well. So, I mean, there's the coaching part, but then there's the part where there, it's a twofold thing. And it's a really, there's a really a fine line. My, my rule of thumb is I tell all my guys since 1985, I'm aspiring hit as hard as you want to get hit. So even yeah. when I tell my guys, unless it's lopsided, like, Hey, you're going with so-and-so I know who to put them with. I'm not going to put him with the guy that only has one gear, right? A good guy that only has one gear. I'll put him with someone that can work with him a little, you know, as long as the, the guy that's working with him doesn't have a fight coming up. Cause then I got to put him in with someone that's going to challenge him more. So that's a really important one too. And there are some people, there's two types of people um, that get into trouble with that. The one guy just has one gear. He's just one gear. He's going all out. So I had guys like that that weren't nearly as good as my top guys, like Glover. And the guy would go hard on everyone. So when he went with Glover, he would go hard. So my guys know if someone's going hard with you, you go hard back, period. I don't care who it is. If someone's going hard on you, do not let them get away with it. So he, yeah. Glover, knocked him out. And then when he got up, we tell him, all right, bro, you can't do that. You can't go hard. Glover has to, I mean, we're not going to go easy at 200 some pounds. If Glover goes easy on you, he might get hurt. So, and, but guys like that, they just, 
okay, but then they always go hard, but they don't get mad or anything. That's all they do. Then there's your bully who likes to go, when they go with Glover, they go, hey, we're going to go easy now. We're just sparring. Let's learn. And he'll go real easy. And then that same 210-pound guy, when he goes on a smaller or, or more beginner guy, he starts wailing on him. What's the matter? We're training. We're, tra- we're at the pit. Let's go. we got to go hard. And then when that guy goes with Glover, now he told Glover to knock his ass out because that's the guy that's a bully. Some guys just have one gear. You have to, as coach, make sure you only put them with someone like Glover. And then there's guys that are bullies. You have to make them go with guys like Glover or Chuck, right? But then the guys that like Glover and Chuck, they can go with lower guys. And if the guy's, you know, lower, he'll, they'll go down to their level just to get some work in. And, and that's, uh, see, so uh, the coach has to watch out for that. But on the same side of that, if people are kind of even, like if Glover went with coach, uh, with Chuck, say, when they were close to even uh, on their, you know, their levels of, of proficiency, then my rule then is just, just, just go here. And if this guy goes here, fucking go there back. I don't want to get involved in every little, hey, he's hitting harder over here. I don't want to get involved <laughs> every time. If the guy's going hard, fucking try to take his head off. You guys are, I mean, you guys are MMA guys or even my advanced students. You guys are, you know, you drop them. Drop them with a body shot or something. Show them. If not, you know, you're just going to always be his, you know, I'm not excuse this pun, but you're always going to be his bitch, you know? So there's so many dynamics there. Bully versus guy with, with only one speed versus guys that are, are timid to go too hard versus, I mean, there's so, there's so many dynamics as a coach, you have to realize it, but you can't be everywhere during every, you know, I got 20, say I got 24 guys in the room. I can't, I can't monitor every single one that carefully. So if there's somewhere near the same and one guy's in a mood and he starts going hard, this guy knows I'll go hard back. And that's, I'm all right with that. You know, as long as that's not the norm, it's the exception. I think you made a. Really, right. I think you both made a really good point, and I, and I kind of insinuated this earlier about bad leadership, um, and that was like one of my. It ended up becoming my responsibility to talk with the head coach, head chairman. He wasn't even a head coach. The guy wasn't even a coach, so th- that was the convers. That was the first conversation I had to have with the guy and the other coaches. We can't. We be everywhere else. And again, right? I think you're talking. What Hackleman's talking about here is the culture that you're creating. What kind of culture yeah. are you creating in your gym? Um, I know some of the guys that came in were coming from other gyms that had the dog eat dog culture going on. A lot of people would, it was a, it was a fight factory. So like, yeah, they had great fighters, but at the same time, if you were not a great fighter, you weren't going to stay in the program. So those guys would literally leave that program. They'd quit because they were, they were at the bottom getting bullied, come to our program and have that bully mentality. So we had to have a conversation with them about the kind of culture. So I think that's a really, the culture aspect is really important. Rob, yeah. you were about to say something. I, I just want to ask you guys a question. Have you ever had sex with someone for the first time? <laughs> Wait a second. Their first time or ours? Your first time. The first time y'all do <laughs> The first time you do the nasty. Because here's, here's the point I'm trying to make. The first time you do it, do you break out the bull whip, the ball gag? You know, do you break out all all the weird shit the first time, or do you keep it kind of normal? Are you like, baby, I like to cuddle afterwards. Look me in the eyes. Let's do it just the way the Bible said. And then the third time you break out the weird shit. I give this speech to my students because I say the first time you lay down with somebody. You tell them you're pretty vanilla. You tell them it's all about them. It's the same thing the first time you train with somebody, the first time you spar with somebody. You don't go hard. You don't make them scared to look at you. You treat them like it's the first time. You woo them a little bit. You romance them. You make them want to come back. Second time, you can go a little bit rougher. Third time, you could do whatever you want. Okay. I, I'm going to let John answer the question first. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm speechless. I'm speechless 
Congratulations, Rob. I never thought I'd ever see John be speechless ever on my show, but you've done it. Honey. Congratulations. Congratulations. He doesn't got good news and bad news. My wife is in the program now. She finally came back into the Bell program. So that, I mean, I can actually. You're not bringing the midget in on the first night. No, wait no, till date number four. Our, not, it's not our first night, so. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. You don't you don't do that on the first night. You wait a little bit. Training is the same thing. And that that is perfect. <laughs> the only problem is there's a lot of people out there that either they just have one speed. And you can they'll say yeah yeah okay, but they don't know they they're only going one speed. They're not trying to be malicious. They're not bullies. They're not trying to be perverts. Any, they just go. That's all they got. Then there's the guy that only wants to go like that when he can beat the guy. And when the guy can beat him, he wants to go, hey, let's go easy. There's that guy, you know. And then there's guys that are somewhere in the middle. And then there's guys that, you know, that like, like Glover and Chuck and, you know, and you guys that'll go down to other people's level. But if you try to throw, like one thing Chuck hated was, he would um, he would throw a leg kick he would throw a head kick, and the guy would block it and then take him down because we have a takedown off a head kick, and you can get hurt doing that. You can get hurt. I mean, you break an arm, fall wrong, and and Chuck would tell the guy, "Bro, I'm going easy on your. I'm doing light head kick. I'm, I'm not even making full contact. Quit fucking taking me down over it." So maybe the guy did it one more time. So next time Glover just or Chuck just brought it up and just knocked him out cold because he had told him you know I'm, I'm gonna throw the head you know when i throw the head kick you can catch it but don't dump me i don't want to be dumped or else i'm gonna start kicking you hard so there's i mean it, sparring has some i mean when i started boxing you know the gym was that's all, you every time you spar someone you're fighting you, you, you don't know the guy you're not buddies with them you know and then when we went to other gyms uh, then the coaches would match up weights and it's a fight, you know? So they're trying to take your head off and you're trying to take their head off. And that was the way sparring was in boxing gyms, karate gyms. It was a little different when we go to different gyms, usually kind of go with our guy a little easier and spar a little more, but the, the boxing gym has are notorious for that. They've always been like that. So, I mean, it, there's so many dynamics when you're, when you have sparring, you know, it's just, and our sparring has changed so much because of it. Um, but, you know, people, people that say, ah, you gotta, if you, if you never punch in the face, um, you'll never be a good fighter. I say to them, then if you've never been shot, you'll never be a good soldier. You know, if you've never been stabbed, you'll never be a good knife fighter. I mean, I've been punched in the face so many times. It's not even funny, and I'm not proud of that. It's just I wish I wasn't. I'd probably remember remember things better. But um, but it it is that. I mean, it is what it is, you know. So I don't think it's necessary. Um, but I don't, you know. I I think that the the good has to be, or the danger has to be weighed with the with the benefit of it, and you have to go meet somewhere in the middle now where before it was all beat the shit out of each other and now it's not so you know i don't i don't know what that i don't even know what that has to do with belt system no, no, i don't I even think, know why i just went actually, off on that was, tangent well, well, I, was, I was thinking the same whoo what, what i'm gonna do see that's of, what happens when you get hit too much that's what happens when you get you just fucking start going <laughs> all over <laughs> but, but here's the deal i, I will i will because we're, we're gonna wrap up we're gonna wrap up this podcast but i think Ugh, it does our podcast no, it cannot be. <laughs> the uh, to to kind of connect all these ideas. The reason this is all connected is because there's a belt system for a reason in the traditional martial arts and in what we do. And then there's this other sport that some of our schools are graying into. So you have these people that are coming from the belt system that want to do MMA, and I think it's important to have this conversation for them to understand the different cultural aspects that they're going to be you know, that they're going to be facing in that crossover, right? When, yeah. they, when, they're, when they take off that belt, there's no longer a system and you're walking into this new place that doesn't have that. Um, if you've never done it and they're listening to this show to get an idea of what it's like, I think this is a good 
thing for them to kind of learn um, or to know about. Now, I hate to cut you off, Rob, but we are towards the end of our show. Um, before we finish up, all right. So like I said, um, before we wrap up, we just want to announce real quick, uh, uh, John is working on a, on a new page, kind of a new group. Uh, we're talking about calling it the pit Kajukembo Ohana. Here's a picture of the logo here. So John, would you mind talking a little bit about what the pit Kajukembo Ohana is? I think, I think, I think what it's, I think what our, our, uh, our goal is here is, is uh, we want to brought all over and it's been pulled in different directions and uh, everything from us, oh, America's first MMA to, you know, the street fighting art to all kind of things. Then it's, it's changed. It's, it's, it's evolved. And in some ways it's devolved, you know, but we want to keep it real and we want to keep it, uh, we want to keep it the word Ohana, which is, is in our, you know, it's, it's in our title, Ohana. And it's, it's for anyone that's trained there in Hawaii, which I was fortunate enough to, and that's where I got my start. And, and, and that Ohana, it's, it's so important. It's such an important part of our culture. And it means so much. I can tell, you know, every time I walk into one of to my gym and I see the parents, I see them train and then the adults training. Um, I just, I think it's a, uh, it just, it's, it's such an important part of our system, but there's so much more, you know? So we want to keep a family feel, but we're a rough, we're a rough gym um, because it's rough out there and we know that. So, so we teach a rough art, but we don't want anyone to get hurt. We train kids, but we want every single one of our, of our, our students uh, to be safe on the street, you know, uh, in the schoolyard, um, you know, wherever, wherever they are, we want the, the kids to have confidence, want the adults to have confidence. And that's what the Ohana, you know, started at, you know, when I was a kid and Kaju Kempo embodies that, but it also embodies, nobody's going to take our lunch money. You know, you, you have kind of the, you kind of have the, the Miyagi, ohana feeling and this and that and then you have you know the the cobra kai you know uh, what do they say you know no no uh, they have uh strike fast strike you know, hard no mercy sir no mercy <laughs> the no mercy mercy mer so we're kind of i mean it's like that but we're a family gym and and, and i want kaja kempo to stay that way because i'm here i'm on the mainland i'm from hawaii i want to see kaja kempo as the best culture of to me of any martial art and i want to keep that going uh my gym is called the pit you know and we we call it hawaiian kempo but right here my heart and my ohana it's kaja kempo and i love to reach out to all the other kaja kempo guys out there and i want you guys to have that kind of culture i want you guys to have you know a really effective efficient uh, system that you're teaching and all your students can stay safe and and you can, it can, they can get all the benefits out of the martial art. Um, but, I, but I want the differences of the Kaju Kempo Ohana to shine through. So I don't know, it's, I don't know if I explained that right, but I think it's basically saying I want to keep the old school Kaju Kempo Ohana and culture, Ohana's family and culture together and, and, and spread it out to everybody out there right now, especially you guys that are, that are teaching Kaju Kempo and, and, you know, maybe bring us together a little more where we can share ideas and, and answer questions like, oh, should I do it this way? Should I, should I chamber my hand over here or talk about katas or training or, you know, you know, whatever, whatever you guys want to talk about, we want to create that mm -hmm. kind of Ohana. So we're doing it. Whether you like it or not, we're doing it. <laughs> So there it is. Um, definitely stay tuned. There's going to be a Facebook page and a Facebook group called The Pit Kajukembo Ohana, um, where you can join and share ideas and talk to people with experience. Um, I mean, I, I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm not going to try to talk up John too much, but you know who he is if you're listening to the show. 
and he's definitely a guy with a lot of experience and he can definitely answer a lot of questions as far as how to run a school, how to run different types of programs, all that. And he's been very helpful to me and I really appreciate that. So I'm really looking forward to this page. So catch a couple guys out there. I want to see you. I want to see you on the other side, man. We got to, we're fat. You're calling your Jim Kazukempo. We got to, we got to, we got to stick together, man. Ohana. Remember that Ohana. It's not just a word. It's not just a tattoo. Some people get Ohana tattooed or loyalty tattoo, and then they don't really follow through with any of those. You know what I mean? So we want the tenants. We want, we want the name and the tenants and the culture of Ohana. And so all you Kaji Kempo guys out there, uh, let's, let's go. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the show. Stay tuned for the pages coming up. And, oh man, as usual, after an hour, I'm going to ask you to like and subscribe and smash that notification button. <laughs> if you stick around that long, I appreciate it. Catch you all later. Peace.